Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 at Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Buyer Lease, your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your value time meeting with door-to-door sales reps your all-in-one convenient location digitex.ca digitex.ca alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology software it and supplies this is orders now it's a tuesday mark specter in studio Stoffer inspector for horse racing alberta live racing Thursday nights, Saturday, and Sunday days at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. You can uh, text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. And reach us on a River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Omark yesterday, mm-hmm. and that was Omark, not Omark. Uh, yesterday, I opened with uh, 100 Meridian. By the tragically have talking about debunking the American myth. Yes, because notice that line in your tweet. It did not uh, go unnoticed. Right, debunking the American. And I very quickly got calls from uh, multiple organizations around the league with guys very quietly saying, "Bob, I agree. I just will never go on record to say it. I agree with what you're saying." So here we go. The genesis of where I was coming from on this is after being in Buffalo. And there, are, and make no mistake, do, do we agree, first of all, Mark, that the Americans right now are no worse than a 1A to Canada's number one in terms of the best hockey country in the world? Oh, for sure. Okay, no doubt, right? When we you look at the, f- the falling rate of Canadians in the National Hockey League, it used to be over 50. Now it's pushing it's, down to 44, 43. It's mostly, in my opinion, because of the rise of American hockey. Now, what is interesting is that who are, are are the best, you know, are four of the five best players in the NHL right now Canadian? Uh, sure. McDavid. McDavid. Crosby. Crosby McKinnon. Would, would, he, would we say he's a top five oh, player? Oh, yeah, I'm putting him up there, sure. And you I, going Patrick Kane in there? Is he the best American player? Right now, maybe. And then I'd go, what about Doughty? Yeah, On defense, because I'd say he's probably... the best defenseman in the league? We could talk right. all day on that, but fair. So we've got pretty good skill here. But uh, here, here's where I'm going to go. Who wins? Who wins when the chips are down? Right. Yeah. When when I was right. So when I was in Buffalo. Okay. So we're going to have five kids coming up this draft. Five forwards out of the United States. Mm-hmm. Probably are going to go in the top twelve. At at the at the latest top twelve. Yeah. So Hughes is going to go number one. We know that New Jersey's drafting them. They love Americans in New Jersey. Heavy American influence, mm-hmm. heavy U.S. college hockey influence. That sure. organization. Um, Alex Turcott, who we'll hear from tomorrow on Oilers now, could be going three, four, or five. He's from yeah. Chicago. Chicago's got the third. That's Alfie Turcott's son. Alfie yes. played on one of the toughest junior teams of all time, the Portland Winterhawks. They won the Memorial Cup in '82, '83. Um, Trevor Zegras, another center, mm-hmm. probably top eight. Okay. Okay. When do we get to call Coffee? Well, that, he's he's the wild card in that. He's, Matthew Matthew Boldy is going to be a top 
10 pick, I think, and then Caulfield goes somewhere between 5 through 12. It's just who's got the courage to nut up and Kind of like it. last year's draft when it, we all sort of thought we knew the top 12, but they got all mixed around. Yeah. Everybody got someone different. So five forwards. Yep. What what's the event the American teams built to win every year? Well, the U18. Did they win World Championships? No, they lost this year. Who beat them in the finals? Was it Sweden? Who beat them? No, uh, they lost in the round robin. To, oh, they lost or, that's no, true. they lost in the in the semifinal to the Russians. Right. Russian goalie played great. They lost. Yes. Fair. With the media that was there, it was seen as a character builder that they didn't win. That they didn't win. Okay. I mean, this is a stacked team. This is it. This is one team. That's completely loaded up. Yeah, it plays together all year. Play right. I mean, oh look, this guy had seven points in a game against the USHL team. Yeah. Well, the USHL is a weaker brand of hockey. Sorry for parents that got kids in the USHL yeah. listening right now. Than the CHL. Than the CHL. No question. Right. And so you got a loaded up team with the top prospects in the entire United States. Yep. And right. So anyway, so, so they build a they build a team that plays together all year. They're very dominant. Right. They tend to win lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they come to the draft. And I was just recently heard a, a pundit uh, espousing the great victory that this year's draft will see more kids drafted from one team in the top ten or top fifteen or something than ever before. Right. The record I think is three from a CHL team that I can't remember. But anyhow. It's pretty, I mean, yeah, if you put together a CHL all-star team and called them the Medicine Hat Tigers, I'll bet you the Medicine Hat Tigers would get a whole bunch of kids drafted to the top 10 too, Bob. Well, actually, Medicine, <laughs> Medicine Hat t- did have two players selected in the, top, in the top seven in you know 2002. Right? It's when an Bo all-star Meester, team. Bo Meester went third and Lupul went seventh that right. year, both out of Edmonton. So It's uh, an all-star team, and that's fine, be an all-star team. Okay, like, but, they're but they're it's producing a lot of good players. You can't say they're not. They're, no, they are. Yeah, They are. But, but do Americans, do they are they more supportive of their own than Canadians? Because I'm going to give you the contrast. The contrast is it's specific to Dylan Cousins. Wow, he wasn't very good in the medal round for Canada. Hmm. Wasn't very good in the medal round. His team, the Lethbridge Hurricanes, got eliminated in an upset by the Calgary Hitmen and Steve Hamilton. Yep. In the opening round of the playoffs. And then, because what do, what do Canadian kids play for, Mark? Yeah, they, their country, They he rolls over to Checo. <laughs> but he's playing to win the Memorial Cup. That's what yeah. that's the, the whole goal of everybody in junior hockey. Okay. It's not to play in the... It's, if anything, it's to not be selected on that team because you're still playing CHL right. playoffs. That's the Pope. Right? And so we got guys... Well, he wasn't very good in, uh, in, the, in the medal round when Canada... Wait a sec here. So a bunch of guys off of teams that either missed the playoffs altogether, were in rebuilding CHL organizations, mm-hmm. or not into the second round of the CHL playoffs, on team. Does it say something about, you know, <laughs> they get all tossed together and uh, yeah, right? well, and they go up against teams that's played against each other all year long. Sure. Played play together against each or whole, with each other all year long. Sure, I get it. So uh, your point is the Americans have an inherent advantage at the U18, and then it extends into the pre-draft conversation. And guess what? There's one more thing. Let's hear it. Guys <laughs> get influenced by the last thing they see, and what's the last thing? I saw Cole Caulfield scoring 15 goals at that tournament. It's the last thing I saw. Right. They get. <laughs> oh boy, he does look like Alex Debrinket. <laughs> I, I remember being at the 2010 combine. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and Taylor Hall had just won the Memorial Cup. Okay. Yes. And some writer goes, "Oh, look at Tyler Sagan. Look at the shape he's in." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, he's had <laughs> six weeks to get in shape. He had to rest and train in a gym." <laughs> right. Right. Taylor Hall's getting his brains beat in by who he, threw him that Tra- Travis Travis Hamonic <laughs> for Brandon. He came back and scored on the next <laughs> shift. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Anyway, it is so. Which is not, and I'm not disrespecting the American players. They've got they. Oh, listen, that's their system, and that's how it works. And they are stalking the NHL with players. Yes. Yeah, they just stalk in the NHL with players. But there's still some really good Canadian players. I just I found it interesting with well, Cousins. It's also changed the game a lot. Like, hockey has really become a rich kid's game. And in the States... It's always been a rich kid's game. Well, in the States. Come on, In man. the States. In it's the always, States, sure. it's it, always been a rich kid's game. In the kids. States now, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know what it would cost if I live in... LA and my kid makes that team in Detroit and he's got to go live there. I don't know what they charge me, probably lots. But I know for sure that if you're playing high level hockey in LA, AAA, Bantam AAA, or whatever you are, to go get games, you got to go on airplanes. I, right? I, inter- you I inter- don't just get in a bus or the car. You go on airplanes to play teams. Their top defenseman from the U.S. National Development Program is Cameron York. We're going to run an interview with him next week. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he's moving up, just so you know. He's going, he might be going to the top 12. Okay. Okay. From Anaheim. Yeah. Got to a point where, sorry, even though I had Scott Niedermeyer coach me. Well, you got to play. i got to go play. So they go, you know, he went to What's Sh- that family spending a year to put that? Well, he went to Shattuck. There. I can text the guy right now. Right. Well, not cheap. Mike, text me. Tell me how much it costs <laughs> to uh, to have Hudson uh, play at Shattuck. Uh, it's got to be forty-five yeah. or 50000 so, so I guess my point is that's fine. Like, the best players still make it. And the new players are so good. Like, no one's saying yeah. that level is just going up, up, up. But, but it does it, make it difficult. If you're a scout, how do you equate, as an example, Peyton Krebs? So Kootenai might have been the worst. Right. Mar- Mark, I had a scout say to me this well, year, Stoff, you could play second line left wing. And I'm like, like when I was 15, like 16, 17? No, because that was a bad team Kootenai had. They had, they had yeah. a bad team. And Leaventown. Right? So and, it's and not a great It was a bad situation. How do, you, how do you compare Peyton Krebs... Yeah. To Trevor Zegras, who's playing in the three hole yeah. for the Americans uh-huh. on a team behind well, and T- practice- Turcott and right. Jack Hughes. Right. And practicing every day yeah. with such a high level of talent. Like, God, the kid, no kidding, the kids get better when they go there. It's, you know, it's an, an excellent system. Like, it, it's a great system, Bob. It's churning kids out. You can't say there's anything wrong with that. It's just when we get to comparisons, you got to compare apples to apples. Now, and, it, and it doesn't have the same depth. I think we can agree. It does not have the same depth, the system, as the Canadian system. Well, there's one team. Right. right? There's one really, really, really good team. If we, if we took one team of the Western League and took the 20 best players and one team from the Ontario League and took 20 best players, we'd have three of those. In Quebec, we'd have three of those teams. Right, and they take on that U.S. team head to head every year, but we don't. We've had how many CHL teams are there? Sixty. Yeah, there's sixty teams, Paul. Right. They've got one. Right. You know, Texas. It's, <laughs> are, are we are we ever going to be headed down the path where junior hockey is going to be in trouble in Canada? Well, we're certainly heading down a similar path with the uh, academies. A similar path. It's not the same. Yeah. But it's kind of it's a concentration and an expensive one of the best talented kids of that age group are going, now they're not just playing hockey wherever they go play hockey, they're going to academies and there's bidding, right? And there's huge expense and you don't see a lot of farm kids playing hockey anymore in the NHL, do you? When's the last Dean Kennedy to walk through that turnstiles in the Orders dressing room? 
There you go. I mean, when you and me were coming up, <laughs> hey, man, if you couldn't play Bantam or Mitch at double A, you were, in fact, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, if you were playing second year Midget double A, you yeah. probably, right? Because by, sure, but, at that point, you, you know, it was not that big of a deal. That but was, I'll say this at the same time, Bob, any kid who could play could make the team. I'm not saying there was no politics. There's always it's politics. Always politics. Sure. But the, you could make the team. It was, I think, you know, when I played Bantam AA hockey in the CAC, it was like $150, yeah. and we played, I think, 40 games. But the point is, and that was a lot of money for some families. I'm not saying it wasn't, but everyone could afford it. People sure. could do it. Nowadays, it's like, okay. Money talks. You know, it's money talks. It's it's, like, I'm not a minor hockey parent. There's guys out there in their cars rolling their eyes right now who's, you know, they're five-figure years for a lot of parents. And that just, frankly boxes out a certain amount of society, particularly new Canadians, Bob. Um, Being at Sports Central, I can tell you, there was a time when people, you come from another continent to Canada, and the first thing you did is find your kid some skates so that he could meet friends and be part of the neighborhood and and go down to the rink. Nowadays, you don't need to do that. Uh, Basketball would be filling in that zone. Soccer would be filling in that zone, Bob. Definitely soccer. Uh, And basketball. Fred texts the show to say uh, at 6.30, 6.30 on Heartland Ford text line, my son is on a uh, 2006 birth year team. Uh, They were in Vancouver. Very good teams from Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC. Many of the top 13-year-olds in the tournament. All the games were close, but the team from California, traveling team from California, won the tournament. Won it. So there you go. Texas at 6.30, 6.30. When we come back, uh, a brief conversation on on who might make sense for Edmonton at uh, 8. And is there a name that's worked his way back into the mix that Mark Spector liked about 10 months ago? This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, uh, 121 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Race in Alberta. So, the combine. And I know you saw my uh, tweet that I put out as we went out there. And, um, well, the general perception was that mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good forwards this year. There's 1D, Bowen Byram, who the Oilers have no chance to get. He's probably gone no later than four, yep. I would say. I mentioned a guy who, again, back to the U18, the last event everybody sees. Guess who was the top defenseman in that tournament out of Sweden? Uh, Broberg? Yes. Who did you like last year during the... Uh, Philip Philip Broberg. Philip Broberg. At, Bro- uh, at the Holenka. At the it was great. Saw him again at the uh, World Junior Showcase in Kamloops, and he was great. He can really skate. Oh, boy. He's got such a stride. Yeah. That's what struck you. I, I can still, in my mind's eye, see... Stand, I was sitting behind the goal. He stopped behind the goal, surveyed the ice, decided, I'm going to skate this thing to center. And he went out the left side of the net and took about six strides. And I just thought, whoa, that's a guy that could skate, man. Like, even a you know, even a sports writer <laughs> could that's see. That's blind as a bat wow. as you are, yeah. Did he, did he have a beautiful so stride? Gonna, but hey, there's got to be a player there. Well, and I believe that he's, you know, in Cousins' case, you're going to see new rankings, new mock drafts coming out, and Cousins is going to be 8 through 12 on some of those, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is a guy all for the last year and a half that people have had 4, 5, or 6, and he's going to be 8 through 12. Okay. And I believe in Broberg's case... Maybe a year ago at this time, he was on people's top 10 list. Then halfway through the year, probably fell out of the top 10 list. And my belief is, played pretty well for Sweden. They won the gold medal in the U18. I could see him back in the mix 
anywhere as high as six okay. to Detroit. Which organizations draft a lot of Swedes well, over the years? They're always looking for a Swedish defenseman in Detroit, aren't they? And they what, had some luck there at some point. And what can't you do? You can't trade for what? Well, that's the guy. So, that, uh, Bob, this is a question that people in their cars are asking right now. But wait a second. Don't the Oilers need forwards? Don't they already have Bouchard and Sam Rukov and Caleb Jones coming up and yeah. and maybe Nathan Bear even? Aren't they deep in prospects? And on that the is a line? fair question to ask. But I would say to you this. If this guy's as good as you think he is, um, you know, Darnell Nurse is still young. Matt Banning's not old, right? I would say to you that if this guy's so good... Uh, and he's as good as you think, and he turns out to be great, you, you have him, and you can trade somebody else. You can never have too many good young defensemen. Yes. You can turn that guy into a winger tomorrow, if you think. I mean, part of the frustration for Oilers fans out there is that they had a couple right-shot defensemen, and they just needed to be more patient with Jeff Petrie. Um, yeah, sure. Right? That's a bit yesterday, but... yeah. That's another... I mean, we can go back. I, I, I know. And so that we're moving forward here with a guy who's had continuity as a general manager in Ken Holland. And we'll, I guess we'll see. We'll see what they elect to do. I don't even know if the guy's going to be there because I, I, I have no clue as to what Detroit's doing. I'm thinking Buffalo's taking a forward because they got Darlene right. as a defenseman last year. Buffalo's at seven. Detroit's at six. LA's at five. Uh, it's going to be Hughes-Cocko, one-two. Mm-hmm. Chicago... Third pick? Do they take Bowen Byram? Do they take Alex Turcotte? I'll bet you they take Bowen Byram. Uh, I want to say this, though. Let's talk about the Oilers. So, first of all, Broberg, uh, could he not come play in the AHL next year? Yes, he could. Right? So, okay, so you look at your Oilers next year, and you go, you want to make the playoffs, and you need some wingers and forwards for sure, and you should draft a forward. But, A, you're going to draft a North American kid who's going to not be able to play pro hockey for two years, mm-hmm. right, if you draft a forward, unless there's, I don't think there's, I think that's, the, you're going to take a U.S. guy, right, or one of the CHL kids. Sure. So that kid's not playing even well, pro Well, Doc's going in the top five, so you're not going to okay. get him either. Fair enough. But the point is, this kid, if he's way ahead of the pack, as he appears to be, you could bring him over here, put him in the AHL with Bouchard and Samarukov next season, Right. Now you got those three guys on your AHL team, and now you watch them play, and you just you, maybe you say to yourself privately, "We're only keeping two of these guys. We're going to trade one of them, but we're going to pick the best two, or we're going to know after a year in the A." I don't mind that whole scenario. Yeah. And imagine if all three can play, and you had them all on entry level contracts. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt. Yeah. So could be one of the U.S. guys. Could be one of the. This is your veteran. Aye, yeah. Aye, aye. Well, Clefbaum. Clefbaum's yeah, got a good. Clefbaum's con- got a good contract. Young. You know what? A guy like Adam Larson wouldn't. All of those young players be well served to be in a defensive unit around Adam Larson. Like, and this is not watch the, and learn. This is not the time to move Adam Larson either. Uh, right? He had a lousy year, but he's a quality person and player and and a leader and all those things, man. Mark, uh, I'll take him on my team every day. Do you know David Pagnota? Yes. He put a tweet out yesterday on Taylor Hall. Now, there has been some feedback today that has suggested, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here, but he basically inferred that uh, it was his belief that Hall would not sign an extension in New Jersey, and I would say that Ray Sherrill's got some time to get that done yet. Well, he's got a year left in his contract here, so it's very hard to make those pronouncements at this point, but he's that reporter is on the side of Hall's not signing, and now we're all going to wait. He was the guy that got, he was the fir- like, he firmly every step of the way was a Tavares Toronto guy. Yeah. Well, good every point. step of the way, he was he was that guy. Yeah. This, this, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying it's going to take us 10 months to figure out if he's wrong or yeah. right. Yeah. 
you know. And if he's right, good for him, man. Yeah. It was just like um, who was a Saskatchewan guy that had the scoop, the old oh, Rod Peterson. It's Rod Peterson. On sure on Holland. On Holland. Like, yeah. where'd that come from? Came out of nowhere, but I'll take my hat off to him. Well, remember, right. Rod's dad uh, was a longtime scout. But I don't even think Kenny Holland knew when he reported that, that he was coming here. <laughs> right? I'm not even sure Ken Holland knew at that point. So, But whatever. When you're right, they don't ask why or how. Huh. He was right. Just, so let's see how this guy does with Taylor Hall. Listen, if I'm Taylor Hall, I've, I've been through the ringer a little bit, right? I got moved by Edmonton when I really didn't want to get moved. Uh, I went dutifully to my new place. It hasn't been a very good team in Jersey. You know, he went there. He's slugging. He got him in the playoffs. He got him in the playoffs. He won the MVP. He's absolutely delivered. Next year at this time, if he's a free agent, how much does he get? He's a $10 million guy. Assuming he has a good, healthy season and chalks up 90 points like I think he can. Yep. He's a $10 million guy. Yeah. So this dream of people saying, oh, the Oilers should get him back. Okay, well, then you better, move, you know, you've got to trade Dreisaitl. Because uh, you can't have three guys making $30 million bucks. Spring hockey, 3500 to 7000 depending upon how many tournaments you have to fly to. That's what it costs for parents. Spring of, hockey. Yes. That's just the spring hockey. Yes. That's not all winter. Yeah. So if it's seven thousand for spring, it's twenty for. Where's so, this coming out of? If you play out of California? Or, no, no, no. This is or Edmonton. Th- this is out of. This is a team out of West Edmonton. You're playing spring season costs about thirty-five to seven thousand or so, depending which tournaments you have to fly to. We are doing three tournaments this year: Calgary, Vancouver, Dunn. Our last one's in Chicago in June. Should be a fun experience for the kids. No oh boy. Well, my son's probably spent about $700,000 on Lego, so. <laughs> and it's entirely taken over I just want to be there on the day that you step on that pointy piece. Oh, it's happened lots. <laughs> Mark, great stuff. Thanks for coming in, man. All right, Bobby. Please. All right, that is Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for the Horses. Uh, live racing Thursdays at night, Saturday and Sunday day. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. Back with Alan May. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.